0: Hello and welcome in to The Mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and oh boy, it's going to be an interesting two weeks in the build-up to the Super Bowl because the NFL's marketing team is going to have an absolute field day with this matchup. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, the, the greatest quarterback Of all time, going up against his heir apparent in what could be either a true passing of... Either way, I think this is a passing of the torch because I think if the Buccaneers win, Brady announces on the podium with Lombardi in his hand that he is retiring. Effectively passing the torch to Mahomes saying, this is your league now, go do your thing and break the hearts of, of every other, the, the fans of every other good AFC team. Or it could be a, a passing of the torch in like the wrestling sense. I know I made a lot of wrestling references recently, but it fits like in wrestling. When an older guy passes the torch to the younger guy, especially in retirement, The older guy loses. And it's usually at WrestleMania. So, obviously, the NFL is not scripted like wrestling is, but it's the same general concept. Like, at the Super Bowl, Mahomes can beat Brady, and that will officially make him the guy. Because if you go back and look, Who did the Chiefs have to beat last year to get to and win the Super Bowl? Let's see. They beat the Houston Texans in the divisional round. And the Texans, thanks to Bill O'Brien's incredibly terrible coaching, blew a 20... And the defense just kind of forgetting to do their job. The Texans blew a 24-0 lead to allow the uh, Chiefs to win that game and go on to the AFC Championship game where they beat the Titans, who uh, were led by Ryan Tannehill, which allowed them to go to the Super Bowl where they beat the 49ers led by Jimmy Garoppolo. This year, (laughs) the Kansas City Chiefs have beaten the Cleveland Browns with easily one of the candidates for most improved player, Baker Mayfield. Guaranteed can, guaranteed winner of coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. And a reasonably good defense, just not good enough. So, that's a that's a much better win than last year's Texans. They had to beat the Buffalo Bills with leading MVP candidate Josh Allen as quarterback and they beat the crap out of them. And now he has to play Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That is a significantly more challenging gauntlet for Patrick Mahomes than it was last year. Now, the team has gotten better thanks to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but still, it's, it's a much more challenging road to the Super Bowl this year for Patrick Mahomes than it was last year. Because everyone kind of expected them to be playing the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. And then the, the Titans happened last year. And that, I just reminded myself of that. And it was very painful. Sweet, sweet revenge, though, was, uh, was wonderful this year. But that's, that, that's old news. That was, that was a few weeks ago. The, the games themselves this weekend were very interesting. Because Aaron Rodgers played a very good game. Tom Brady played a very bad game. And the Buccaneers still won because of some terrible coaching decisions by Matt LaFleur, a, a really bad read by Matt Rogers, or Matt Rogers, Aaron Rogers, and and the Buccaneers defense doing just enough to cover up for... The not one, not two, but three interceptions that Tom Brady threw in that game. Tom Brady threw three interceptions and the Packers did absolutely nothing with them. It's not often that Tom Brady is going to give you three interceptions unless your name is Ed Reed. Who, last time I checked, has been retired for several years and is currently in the Hall of Fame. So he's been retired for a while. Like, unless your name is Ed Reed and you are just Tom Brady's actual kryptonite, very rarely is he going to throw that many interceptions in a single game. And you just do nothing with that. In that situation, you deserve to lose. And the big one, the absolutely awful one. The, the Packers are down eight. They have been marching down the field relatively well against a, what looked to be a pretty tired Buccaneers defense. And then they, they got the stop. They forced fourth and goal and, or on third and goal. Rodgers absolutely had a lane to run into the end zone. If he pumped fake, if he, if he pumped fake a pass even once and then took off running, he could have at bare minimum gotten closer to the end zone. Like he may not have scored, but he would have gotten pretty darn close. And he didn't. He just kind of scrambled forward for like two yards. A comp, like, basically made it back to the line of scrimmage because he dropped back pretty considerably. Like, he barely made it back to the line of scrimmage, got tackled, and had to work from there on fourth down, and then Matt LaFleur made the incredible decision to kick a field goal down eight with time winding down to cut the lead to five... I was like okay so maybe they're gonna do an onside kick they didn't do an onside kick they gave the ball back to Tom Brady with two minutes left again you're counting on Tom Brady best quarterback of all time has been a starter for 20 years played in 10 Super Bowls like the the stat was absolutely ridiculous he's He's played, in, he's played in like 15% of, of the Super Bowls that have actually happened. He's played in almost a quarter of the Super Bowls that have, that have happened since he's been born. And he's played in half of the Super Bowls that have happened during his NFL career. That is an insane number. Like, that is just disgusting. The man has been a starter for 20 years. He has played in 10 Super Bowls. That is a better career average of going to the Super Bowl than Steph Curry making a three. You're going to give that guy the ball back with a five-point lead and two minutes. And guess what the Buccaneers did? Killed the clock. They killed the clock. The Packers committed a couple very dumb penalties. And Packers fans, I don't want to hear you complaining about that pass interference, because I know they weren't calling it all a game, and it's really awful that that's how the game ended, but um, maybe do something with uh, the three interceptions Tom Brady threw. Maybe do something with the fact that you were well within the red zone, and Aaron Rodgers, if he pumped fake once, could have bolted towards the end zone. And possibly scored a touchdown or if not gotten really, really close where you could have just handed the ball off to one of your two very good running backs. And boom, you have a touchdown and then you go for two and the game is tied. Instead, you kick a field goal, refuse to do the onside kick, commit a bunch of stupid penalties on defense and you lose by five. You had that coming. And now Aaron Rodgers may want to leave Green Bay. So congratulations, Green Bay. You have had two guaranteed Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and between the two of them, you have two Super Bowls. Good job, Green Bay. Good job, Green Bay Packers. You went from Brett Favre immediately to Aaron Rodgers. That is two Hall of Famers. Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. There was no gap. There, there was no gap of like... Of like Sam Bradford. There, there was nothing. Aaron Rodgers was Brett Favre's backup. Favre retired and then decided to unretire. So you made... So you made Rodgers the starter. And you have won one Super Bowl with him. Good job, Green Bay. You have been... <laughs> You have been carried by legendary talents basically for your entire existence. Vince Lombardi, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. I hope you enjoy not having a generational talent quarterback or a legendary head coach. Because if Aaron Rodgers leaves, you're screwed. (laughs) If Aaron Rodgers leaves, you guys are so screwed. It ain't going to be pretty if he does. Like, it's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad if he leaves Green Bay. I think it's going to be kind of funny because that team is actually very poorly run and they don't deserve him at all. But if he leaves, oh man, I hope he doesn't go to Pittsburgh. He, he won't, but... Or if he goes to New Orleans. God, can you imagine that if he went to New Orleans? or he went to San Francisco or who knows who knows where he would go like that man could go literally anywhere other than other than like i would say baltimore buffalo kansas city and arizona and seattle like that's a bit, uh, uh cleveland cleveland and cincinnati yeah baltimore buffalo Kansas City, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Arizona, and Seattle. That's seven teams. That leaves 25 options. That leaves 25 options completely open for him. Because Brady's probably going to retire at the end of the year. Can you imagine that? You suffer through all the years of Jameis Winston, and then you get back-to-back years of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? Like, how? How how does a team get to be that lucky? You suffer through years of Jameis Winston, just throwing interceptions everywhere because he's blind as a freaking bat. And... And then you get back-to-back years of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at the end of their careers, but still, you get back-to-back years of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Or if he goes to New England. Oh, God, if he, if he went to New England. I don't see him getting along with Belichick, but he might make it work just to ring chase at the end of his career. I would feel so bad for Buffalo if that happened. It's like, oh, great, we, we finally get rid of Tom Brady, and now Aaron Rodgers comes into our division. Wonderful! Like we already got a deal with Tua. Let's bring Aaron Rodgers in. Why the heck not? Yeah, but there's there's essentially 25 options available to Aaron Rodgers. Well, the Jags are going to draft Trevor Lawrence and someone's going to draft Justin Fields. So that knocks the number down to that knocks the number down to 23. But like people who they're there's probably going to be four quarterbacks taken in the first round, I would say Trevor Lawrence, obviously, he's going number one. He's going to the Jags. Justin Fields. And maybe Zach Wilson and Mac Jones will will I have more faith in Zach Wilson going first round, but Mac Jones very well could. Like I think the I think there's the four of them, so little little over half the league still needs a quarterback in that situation. A little bit over half the league still still needs a quarterback in that situation. So that leaves a lot of options for Aaron Rodgers to go get paid. Because I'm sure the Vikings would take him. That would be hilarious. He, he'd just straight up pull a Brett Favre. And I know Favre went to the Jets first, but he'd kind of straight up pull a Brett Favre. I don't think the Steelers will take him because, like... If you're gonna pay Roethlisberger, why take on a fat contract of Aaron Rodgers? I could see I could see New England going after him, but that's that that that's all a conversation for the offseason. The AFC championship game was just a complete and utter disaster for the Buffalo Bills. I felt kind of bad for them, because they started off great. They were up nine nothing. They missed the extra point, and then it all felt and then the wheels just immediately came off the wagon. Like Oh, God. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes started doing Patrick Mahomes things. And I remember seeing a graphic that said, like... It, it was still in the... the fir- it was either in the first quarter or early in the second. CBS put a graphic up on screen that said, uh, since the Bills were up 9 nothing, Bills 11 yards, Chiefs 162. Like, it, it wasn't pretty... <laughs> That was uh that was not a good game for the Bills to go out on. But I'm sure all the many folding tables of Buffalo, New York are are very happy that that they won't be violently murdered by by Bills mafia. That they won't they won't just be completely obliterated by uh, by Bills Mafia. I saw a video in, on Twitter, and it was incredible. It was a bunch of Bills fans. And they were playing taps, and the guy was doing a full like military funeral pros- procession walking across his yard and up his stairs so he could jump through one last folding table for the season. It was great. If, if you haven't seen it, go track that video down because it's really funny. But it's... I feel bad for for Bill's fans because their window is going to because right now it seems like Ravens fans and Bill's fans we are in the same boat. Like our window of our superstar quarterback is going to completely overlap with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's gonna be fun that that's just gonna be wonderful. Bills fans and Ravens fans, we're going to have to... We're probably going to be pulling for each other a lot against the Chiefs over the next 15 years. Like, Bills fans and Ravens fans are going to end up creating, like, a friendly rivalry alliance. Where it's just like, okay, we're going to have to beat up on each other first, but our fans aren't going to argue that much to determine who is the best chance to go beat the Chiefs for both of us. Like, I can see that being a thing over the next, like, 15 years of like the Ravens and Bills having kind of this friendly rivalry where they both know they are like the best threats to Kansas city in the entire AFC. And it's just a battle between the two of them to decide who gets to challenge Goliath. And then maybe one year down the road, they'll finally meet each other in the AFC championship game. Cause one of them will, get the Chiefs in the, like catch the Chiefs in a bad year where they finish as the three seed and they'll get one of them in the divisional round and they'll, they'll manage to beat them. Like one of them will get the Chiefs in the divisional round and they'll win. So they get to play like the, like the Bills will be the one seed, Ra- the Ravens will be the two and the, and the Chiefs will be the three in a, in a year where the the Chiefs have a bad year and go 11 and five. Yes, that would be a bad year by their standards right now and like the the bills are 13 and 3 the ravens are 12 and 4 like that would and in the in the divisional round the the ravens or the the bills beat the chiefs so the and the ravens win whoever their divisional round game is so they go to buffalo for the AFC championship game like that is a very real scenario that could happen easily within the next 5 years like easily that could happen within the next 5 years that could happen next year honestly like if the Bills are just really good and the Chiefs get kind of lazy, like that could 100% happen next season. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be at all surprised. Like I I feel bad for Bills fans on this one though cuz I legitimately thought they had a chance and then uh and then the first quarter ended and it it just it just all went it just all went downhill. Like once the first quarter ended and they were up nine, nothing. Suddenly it was 21 to 12 at halftime in favor of the chiefs. Like, wait, what, what just happened? And I, I truly felt really bad for the Buffalo bills. I, I'm kind of glad the Ravens weren't subjected to that because that would have led to an, another off season of bullshit Lamar hate that would have been somehow even worse than it's going to be, despite the fact that they would have made the AFC championship. Like I I couldn't take, I couldn't have taken a full off season of that. It's already going to be bad enough. Losing in the AFC championship game would have only made it worse. Because, because Josh Allen's not going to get that hate. He has, he actually has good receivers. He's proven he's a truly great quarterback because he has weapons to throw to. And I, I am going to die on that hill all off season. So get ready. But, man, this, the next two weeks is going to be a marketing frenzy for the NFL. If if their marketing department is even kind of good, which, I mean, they're the NFL, of, of course, they are they're some of the best in the business. Their marketing department is going to have a field day with this. And CBS, oh, CBS is probably loving this, like. CBS is love the fact that they get the Super Bowl this year and it's going to be a limited capacity crowd. Like, oh, it's going to be a limited capacity crowd in Tampa. It's a star-studded matchup between two big-ish markets. One, New England, or between two kind of big markets. One of them is playing at home for the first time ever. Like a, a team has never played in their home stadium for the Super Bowl ever. And now the uh the the Bucks will be designated as the visitors because uh they're a wild card team. <laughs> they're a wild card team and uh, the Chiefs are the first seed in the AFC. So they will technically be the visitors in their own stadium for the Super Bowl. It's going to be weird. But man, that it's it's been announced as a capacity crowd of 22,000, which is nowhere near the normal number for Raymond James Stadium or the Super Bowl. But you can guarantee a good chunk of them are going to be Buccaneers fans. They don't have to travel. They don't have to get on a plane. They can drive. <laughs> they will be able to drive to Raymond James Stadium. Like it's going to be insane. And like I said, NFL's marketing department is going to absolutely have a field day with this as as they should like if they don't come up with a, a good way to market this, fire all of them because it's so easy. Like I took I barely grazed over what marketing does in in my time in college. People who actually studied that crap if they can't come up with good storylines from this fire them all (laughs) because it, it it was literally like handed to them on a silver platter, but that's what I got for the NFL up next. uh, Something I haven't necessarily talked about on the show all that much before, but I feel it's worth talking about because uh, it just got a lot more interesting and it, is going to get a lot more attention from the big time uh, Warzone competitive community, the Barstool Gaming League. Oh man, this is spicy. We'll get into that up next here on the mashup. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, the Barstool Gaming League is a three week long kill race tournament where teams representing the various podcasts of Barstool sports. Uh, KFC Radio, Spit and Chicklet, Zero Block 30, starting nine. Uh, Smitty just had a team all to himself. Spin and Backfist, the MMA podcast. Pardon my take. Lates Camera, Barstool. Uh, the Rats was just a couple other guys who worked there. Foreplay, Barstool, Chicago, and uh, Team Glenny Balls. So initially, 12 teams that were draft. they drafted players from around the community to compete for the various podcasts of Barstool Sports in a kill race tournament and the first week was actually pretty electric because one they had a uh, they had a clear stipulation in the rules that teams could not go over a KD cap of 9.0 and or teams could not have above a KD like the the limit for team KD was 9.0 and the the team who's currently in the lead, Team KFC Radio, anyone who and for people who don't know but do know KFC Radio, KFC and Fights are not part of the team. They they picked three very good players, including probably the best player in like the Barstool community. <laughs> and shocker, they started out in a massive lead in week one. They they finished week one with 238 points. A solid twenty-two points ahead of the next team after them, and a a kind of infamous figure in uh, the Barstool Gaming community, uh, the Mop, who uh, memed his way to stardom during the college the college version of this, where it was uh, set up through the Viceroy accounts, and it was various college teams and. Montana, big- time underdog, because really small school, you think they're not going to have as big of a player pool. and this guy was this guy was great for content. he He was a content machine, huge personality, guy was great. I, I was a fan, and they ended up winning the entire thing. But it came out that uh, him and his teammates were reverse boosting, and they were reverse boosting hard to uh, make their lobbies easier and in kill races that is a big fat no-no like you don't do that because if you're in easier lobbies it's way easier to get kills and you rack up way more points and you're going to finish you're going to get better placements which is where the points really come from because you get one point per kill and most players if you're playing a trio which was the format of that tournament like between the three of you you're probably going to end up with about 30, 40 kills. So that's 30, 40 points between the three of you, but for a win, you get 50. It's a big jump. Like, if you have a good game, and you end up with like 80 points, well, there you go. Like, you're, you're golden at that point. But it came out that they were reverse boosting, and they even admitted to it, and he was kind of uh kind of nonchalant about it It it's like yeah we reverse boosted but it wasn't in the rules and the general consensus among a lot of people was well yeah it's not in the rules but it's generally accepted that you just don't do that you don't reverse boost it is cheating like it didn't say the rules that you couldn't use aimbots either it's just kind of accepted that you don't use an aimbot it's kind of accepted that you don't stream snipe and none of that was in the rules either uh, Smitty, the guy who was running the thing, he he gave an even better example. It's not in the rules to drive to Ebay's house and break in and punch him in the face while he's playing either, but you can't do that. And it's like, yes, they... As far as I'm concerned, that championship doesn't exist. Like, that, that was my take on it as, as soon as it all happened. And now... Uh, Ebates, the team captain of Grand Canyon, the guys who got screwed out of a championship they earned when Ebates was clearly the best player in that entire tournament. Like he ended up winning MVP. They are both back for this tournament. And their teams are currently one and two in the standings after week one. Like they finished one and two in, in week one of play. And, and now the guy who, uh, reverse-boosted his way to a a college championship that a lot of people have put a big fat asterisk on because they effectively cheated their way to a championship. He's now calling these guys out for going above the KD cap. Well, they were under it when they signed up, and then they fried during the tournament, so their KDs went up. And the KD between the three of them went above nine. Like, oh, whoops. Whoops. You have room to talk, Trevor. Like, Ebates is better than you. Just admit it. We saw the footage. We could tell that you were struggling playing in real lobbies that are actually at your skill level. You still had a pretty good game. You're still a good player. But you were definitely struggling playing at your own skill you, skill level, weren't you, Trevor? Weren't you? You were 100% struggling playing at your own skill level. And I'm not at all surprised. Because I, I've seen that happen in plenty of other games. Maybe not necessarily Warzone, but I've seen it happen in League of Legends with me. When I would play with my friends who were much better than me, I would get my ass handed to me. Because I was matchmaking much closer to their level because it averages and they were all way better than me. And we were playing in a full five stack, so I would get wrecked. But then if I would play on my own or the one time there were enough people at gaming club that were at that were closer to my skill level that I got to play with them. I got to queue up with them and I was matchmaking at a lower level closer to my own skill level. I dunked on those kids. You can manipulate skill based matchmaking when you're playing at your own skill level. It's a lot harder than when you're playing well below your skill level. What do you know? We've all seen the footage, Trevor. <laughs> we know that uh, you're not as good as you appeared to be in the college gaming championship. You're a good player. Don't get me wrong. You're better than me. You could kick my ass in Warzone. I freely admit that. But at the same time, you're not better than Ebates. And I I heard what you said on, on one bullet pod with MRAGs and Bonzer. I heard what you said on there. That you said even without the reverse boosting, you you still think you guys would have won? Okay. Then why did you do it? If you had so much faith in your in admittedly insane grinding schedule, cuz you guys grinded your butts off to prepare for that tournament. If you had so much faith in your in the insane amount of grinding you guys did, why did you reverse boost? Why did you feel the need to do that? If you were that confident in the abilities of the three of you, why would you cheat? That tells me, you know you're not better than Ebates. And you needed to get into easier lobbies to even stand a chance against him. I don't know. That's just one guy's opinion. But that was an entire spiel to say he is now calling out Team KFC Radio, which includes his his now possibly biggest rival, Ebates, for going above the the KD cap of 9.0. When they signed up, they were that team was legal. They were under. When that team was constructed, they were under the cap. And that's all that really matters. When the team was constructed, they were under the cap. They fragged out and had a bunch of really good games, which is why they have a 22-point lead on you. And are probably going to win the whole thing. I wouldn't. I would be shocked if they didn't. I mean, four play stands a pretty good chance now. We'll we'll get to that. Who would have knew the golf podcast, the golf podcast, and the podcast hosted by two guys in their mid thirties who admit they don't know jack about video games would be <laughs> would be the two best. Would, would have the two best constructed teams but big announcement came over the weekend that uh team foreplay it's it's a golf podcast fore it's not it's not like the the sex term it's 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 a it's a pun they they talk about golf they somehow i don't know how they pulled this off they managed to get Tommy, oh, you know, just a former CDL pro. He's uh, he's signed a hundred thieves Warzone team now, like pro Warzone player. Like he was, because who did he play for before? He played for Dallas Empire. Oh God, he played for Dallas Empire. Dude is a world champion Call of Duty player. Played for Dallas Empire. He was a world champion Call of Duty player. He's now part of a 100 Thieves Warzone team. And he's joining Team 4 Play Pod for the Barstool Gaming League. Good luck, Ebates. You're going to need it. <laughs> Good God. Th- this thing's going to get some serious eyeballs now. Because you got, you got freaking Tommy in. Warzone's human anti-cheat. If he's joining this thing, like... Oh God! You're you're gonna get some serious eyeballs now. And foreplay didn't have a great performance in the uh, in the initial in the first week, but they they did just enough. They finished tenth. They finished one point ahead of Chicago and one point ahead of elimination. And. Barstool Chicago got eliminated because they had White Sox Dave on the team. And White Sox Dave, if you have never watched the Barstool streams, is hilariously bad at Warzone. I think the dude finished with... uh, Yeah, he finished with four total kills. He finished with four total kills in three hours. (laughs) Only one kill between 7 and 8 p.m. And if he had even one more kill, they would have tied with foreplay and held the tiebreaker and they would have moved on to week two. If he had even one more kill. That is, uh, that is certainly, certainly a thing. That is, that is certainly a thing and it's absolutely hilarious, but I don't know what's going to happen in week two. The, that'll be on Wednesday night. I have no clue what's going to happen in week two, but I'm very much looking forward to the, uh, the Ebates and Tommy trash talk and the Tommy and mop trash talk because, oh my God, Tom, Tommy has no tolerance for reverse boosting or stream sniping or obviously not hacking. So that's going to be very interesting. But that's what I got for the Barstool Gaming League, something a little different. It definitely caught my attention and I I felt the need to uh talk about it on the show for today anyway. And man, this is this is going to get juicy. These these guys are all content kings. This is going to be very interesting. But that's what I got for a slightly different segment on the show this week. We'll get get back into more traditional esports next with uh, some League of Legends. That's coming up next here on the mashup. All right. Back on the uh, more traditional esports that I tend to cover on this show. League of Legends. It was the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals? Yes. Quarterfinals of... The LCS lock-in this weekend after a final round of games on Friday that I didn't actually bother to preview all that heavily because the main event, for this weekend anyway, was the 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 bracket, like bracket play rather than group play. And that wasn't set yet, so I didn't bother previewing it. But once you... Uh, when you look at 100 Thieves vs. Immortals, Cloud9 vs. TSM, Evil Geniuses vs. Golden Guardians, and Team Liquid vs. Flyclash, this is about how you would expect it to go. Because 100 Thieves, Cloud9, Evil Geniuses, Team Liquid, that is kind of the, after, especially after the lock-in, that is kind of the projected top four of uh, of the LCS this year. <laughs> like FlyQuest might be uh, fighting for that four spot a little bit, but this is basically the the projected top four of the LCS this year because I have little to no faith in TSM. Immortals aren't there yet. Golden Guardians is going full player development and FlyQuest, they'll, they'll be in the mix, but man, Evil Geniuses, I think it's time we have a conversation about how good they are because they were the only team to beat Cloud9 in this entire thing. TSM took a, took a win off of them but they were the only team to beat cloud 9 and and they did lose to flyquest which is why I still I still have faith in flyquest but they were the only team to beat cloud 9 Jizuke absolutely owned perks in that game like Jizuke is a legit midlaner he he's going to get overshadowed by like perks and jensen and heck even demonte I I would say he's better than demonte and I'm a 100 Thieves fan and I think Jizuke is better than demonte but Damante's on 100 thieves, and anyone who knows eSports knows they're very good at marketing themselves. Evil genius is not so much. They're still rebuilding their brand, and they kind of desperately needed to. But I- I'm glad they're rebuilding their brand. They're, the thing they're most known for is being the villains of the greatest dota story of all time. So they need to uh, they need to do a little bit more with their brand like that that's what they're known for in recent memory is being the villains in the greatest story in the history of Dota. I have talked about it on the show before, but Score Esports does a much better job explaining it than I do because I don't know that much about Dota. So go go track down the story of OG versus EG. You you won't regret it because you can't write a movie that good. But this is this is a discussion about League and Evil Geniuses League team should not be held responsible for the semi-villainous actions of their, actually not even semi, straight up anime villain actions of their Dota team and members of it. Like, they, they should not be held responsible for that. I mean, they're marketing themselves as villains, but no one would, like, that was some straight up anime stuff. Like, oh my god. <laughs> But these are these are about the results we expected. 100 Thieves absolutely beat the crap out of Immortals. They had a sub-25 minute win in the first game. Second game was was equally convincing. It took a little bit longer, mostly because they were memeing. Like they were screwing around, really. <laughs> Cause they knew they were gonna win. Immortals mostly had their Academy team out there reg- rather than their real LCS roster. And like the fact that they mostly hung with Hundred Thieves even when they were memeing, that proves they're a very good Academy team. But they're they're gonna need they're gonna need some work if they want to do anything in the actual LCS this year. TSM, they have a lot of star power, but I don't know. Like so does Cloud9. So does Team Liquid. But for whatever reason, it feels like TSM is overloaded, and you never, you can't really know where the resources are supposed to go. It's be, I feel like it's because they have one too many. Because Cloud Nine has three, has three people with carry potential. They have Blaber in the jungle, Perks in mid, Sven down bot. Like, Fudge is never really going to be a carry top laner. He's a very good top laner, but he's not a carry top laner. Like, very rarely is he going to be the guy where you're funneling all the resources to. You're going to fun- funnel it to one of those three guys. Blabber, Perks, or Sven. 100 Thieves. They have DeMonte. They have Someday. They have FBI. Those are the guys you're going to funnel your resources to. Liquid. They have Jensen. They have, who's their, who's their jungler? I'm, I'm blanking on their jungler's name. They have Jensen in mid. That's right, Santorin. They have Santorin in jungle. And they have Tactical down bot lane. And Tactical's a freak. Like, he may be young. He may be, he was a rookie last year. But the dude's a freak. They have three. TSM has four. Speak Hoony up top lane, speak in jungle, power of evil in mid. Really, they have five sword art support and Cody Sun in bot lane. Where do your resources go? Actually, lost is probably going to be playing actual bot. I think lost is playing the actual bot lane. Okay, where the heck do your resources go? Speak is a carry jungler, Hoony's a carry top laner, power of evil. ...is a carry mid. Lost is a carry bot. Sword Art is a carry support! Like... ...by the end of the season... ...I would not be at all surprised... ...to see them put Hauntzer in top... ...because Huni just requires... ...way too many resources... ...for for a top laner... ...especially in the North American meta. Like... ...Spika... ...funnel your resources to him... ...funnel your resources to Power of Evil... And give give bot lane to Lost and Sword Art. Because like they have too many potential carries. All the other good teams have three. So I'm thinking TSM is going and this is a very multilingual team. <laughs> like, I know Swordart and Spika and Huni all do and I assume uh I assume Lost does as well. Like all of these guys speak English. But other than Power of Evil, it's none of their first language. Other than Power of Evil, these guys are going to be communicating in a language that is not their first. And all of them have different first languages. Sword Art's Chinese. He- Hoodie's Korean. Like, this is a very multilingual team, so I'm, I'm kind of concerned about that, too. Like, 100 Thieves is mostly, like american ish like like who he's korean Closer's from i'm guessing by the spelling of his name he's turkish uh poom's french canadian Rioma is australian so like this is and demonte demonte's american well Demonte's the one actually playing mid lane but demonte's american like these guys they they have more of a common language going on liquid most most of these guys are either American or have been in been in the US so long they speak English perfectly fine. Like so they're okay. Cloud9 is obviously fine. E.G., they have a really good team. Like I'm I have zero faith in TSM. Mostly because they're they're just TSM. Like TSM or choke artists, even with even with um Bjergsen. Wow. Dude is a legend of the game and I've completely blanked on his name. Even with Bjergsen as coach, they're still going to be choke artists. Like, T- until proven otherwise, TSM is still lol TSM. Like, they're lol TSM. 100%. And until proven otherwise, C9 is choke nine. Like, for whatever reason, C9 can get, get things done at internationals. They just can't get it done at home. Like, End of last year's summer split is a very clear indicator of that. And, like, end of last year's summer split, compared to their performance... Well, they didn't go to Worlds. They didn't even go to Worlds. Compared to everyone else's performance at Worlds, compared to what theirs would have been if they made it. Like, C9 is Choke9, and TSM is little TSM, until proven otherwise. But, like, I'm keeping my eye on Evil Geniuses this season, because they... I didn't have much faith in them. They impressed me in the LCS lock-in. Like in my power rankings, I now have them above FlyQuest. I had I had FlyQuest third. Uh above I had like 100 Thieves and FlyQuest kind of tied for third. I think I've uh I've swapped that F- FlyQuest in that tie with 100 Thieves for third. Like they're they're dead even for third. I hope I honestly hope they beat cloud nine and team liquid this weekend because I want to see them play each other because semis and finals are this weekend hundred thieves plays cloud nine on Friday and evil geniuses plays team liquid on Saturday. I'll, I'll do a more in-depth preview of that for the, uh, for the Friday show, but that's going to be both of those matches should be really, really good because 100 Thieves definitely has something to prove, Cloud9 has to prove their they're not choke artists after last year and Liquid wants to prove their their new look roster is ready to go, which I think it is. Like as of right now, as far as I'm concerned, Cloud9 and Team Liquid are still the class of North America. Like Cloud9 has to shed the the choke label from last year to be sure, but right now they're still them and Liquid are still the class of NA. And 100 Thieves and Evil Geniuses and, to a lesser extent, FlyQuest are charging hard to challenge to be in that same category. But for right now, they are not. Now, if they win, if either of them win, because I would say they are both dogs going into this. If either of them win, I'm going to sit up and take notice. Like... If, if 100 Thieves beats Cloud9, like, okay, you have my attention. If Evil Geniuses beats Team Liquid, yeah, you really have my attention. And if, if either of them ends up, like, if one of them wins and the other loses, and whoever, like, say Evil Geniuses beats Liquid, but 100 Thieves loses to Cloud9. If Evil Geniuses then goes and beats Cloud9 on Sunday, like, okay, gentlemen, you had my interests, but now you have my attention. Like, that is literally what that'll be. Like, if that happens, I will tweet that GIF after the match is over, and I will tag either Evil Geniuses or 100 Thieves in it. Because, like, dang. If that situation occurs where either 100 Thieves or Evil Geniuses beat both Liquid and Cloud9 this weekend, like, congratulations, you have my attention. I don't know if that will happen because I'm thinking we're getting cloud nine and team liquid in the finals, but, uh, you never know things. League of legends is a weird game, especially at a best of five. Like you, you can never count out the dogs. You can never count out the underdogs, even in North America, no matter how much you want to, we meme on ourselves and the rest of the world really memes on us when it comes to league. You can never count out the underdog in a game of league of legends. Look at Worlds Finals in 2019. No one thought FPX was going to win. They absolutely stomped G2. Sooning put up a good fight against Damwon, but they they never stood a chance. <laughs> like they put up way more of a fight than I expected them to. Damwon was just that good. Heck, 2017 Samsung Ga- Samsung Galaxy, yeah Samsung Galaxy now known as now known as Gen G. Beat the crap out of SKT. The best team in the world. And the best player of all time. Like, you can never count out the underdog in League of Legends. I know it's hard to call a Korean giant an underdog, but in 2017, if you were playing SKT, even if you were Korean, you were an underdog. That that perception has shifted dramatically with uh, their recent uh, shaky-at-best performances, but... Man, it's gonna be weird when Faker retires. <laughs> it's gonna be very weird when Faker retires. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Am, am I just overreacting to uh Evil Genius's very good performance in what is essentially a, a bragging rights tournament, or are they actually a force to be reckoned with? Same with Hundred Thieves. And am I totally off base on TSM? Are they are they actually good too? Let me know on Twitter at real 50 at mashup underscore pod. Jump in the Discord. I I want, to, I want to really get that thing going. Come jump in the Discord. Come hang out. I'll uh, leave a link to both along with uh, my Twitch link in the show description. But that's what I got for League of Legends. Up next, we'll uh, go back to Call of Duty, but this time with the professional professionals, the Call of Duty League, and the kickoff classic this past weekend that I thought was really good. That's up next here on The Mashup okay final segment of the show and the cdl returned this weekend and it was wonderful it, w- it was great to have uh, competitive call of duty back on the screens especially in a game where the multiplayer isn't completely broken modern warfare i'm looking at you and i i have complaints about cold wars multiplayer it's still better than modern warfare's <laughs> The spawns actually kind of make sense. I hate Checkmate, don't get me wrong. And I'm not a huge fan of Miami. But man, I'd much rather play that map than Piccadilly. The, uh, oh, what, the bridge one. Oh, the bridge one was awful. Arklov Peak. Grozna Hackney Yard. I, I'd rather play Shoothouse than any of them. Because the spawns just didn't work. And Infinity Ward never bothered to fix it because Activision only gave a crap about Warzone. Anyone who knows me knows I like multiplayer better than Warzone. And having COD League back on the screens was really good. And let's see, let's let's pull up my predictions from uh, from the Friday show and see how I did. I think I got most of these right. Yeah, I got all of these right. <laughs> Good lord. Oh no, I got one wrong. Uh, I think I got two wrong cuz I think I picked London. Yeah. I got I got London versus Paris and Atlanta versus Florida wrong. Cuz I got Dallas over New York. I got I got LA over Seattle. Uh Florida versus Atlanta I was wrong. So Florida, congratulations. You have my attention. Uh, I got Paris versus London wrong. Uh, poor Alex was <laughs> playing in the UK when the rest of his team was in North Carolina. So uh, London gets a little bit of a pass there. The fact that they pushed it to five games when one of their four players was playing on like 150 plus ping. Because <laughs> he was in England when the three the other three of them were in Charlotte. I think I got... I did get Minnesota right? I got Minnesota right... And I got uh, Optic versus LA right. So most of my predictions I got correct, but big takeaways from this particular weekend is I 100% underestimated the LA Gorillas and I underestimated Toronto Ultra. I expected them to absolutely suck. Like, I expected them to be terrible. Toronto's in my bottom three. And gorillas are in my bottom four. I still expect Seattle and Paris to not be that great. Because I think, uh, I mean, Paris has a good team. Don't get me wrong. But I I expect them to not be that great just because I think the other teams ahead of them are better. I don't trust Seattle's ownership at all. Uh, Toronto, but Toronto and, and LAG, I think I underestimated them. I think, I, I'm sticking with these predictions because I made them, but I feel like Right now, knee-jerk reaction after one weekend of glorified scrims, I would put Gladiator or Gladiators, wrong, uh, wrong, Purple LA Esports team, Gorillas and Toronto Ultra above London. I would not put them above New York. I know New York got stomped, but there's just too much talent on that team. Clayster, Attach, Accuracy, and Mac. There's too much talent to count them out. They I think they had maybe 2 weeks of practice together. Oh yeah, A team that's had maybe 2 weeks of practice together. Why don't you play the world champions as the like who kept their team construction almost entirely. They just dropped one guy. Sure. <laughs> they they literally dropped one guy who is now part of New York and kept the rest of the world champion starters on the team. Like, the roster is exactly the same. So, sure, team that is brand new came from three different teams last season who has had two weeks of practice together. Sure, you go out there and play the reigning world champions. Have fun. Yeah, of course they got crapped on. They put up a good fight, but they got crapped on. Like, But I think there is too much talent on that team to count them out. But I would put... I I would move gorillas in Toronto above London. If I were to make these standings predictions now, like these are staying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit them. I am. I am not editing this document at all. Like Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, Los Angeles thieves, Minnesota rocker, Florida mutineers, New York subliners, London Royal Ravens, Los Angeles gorillas, Toronto ultra Seattle surge, Paris Legion. Those are still my standings predictions. They're going to stay in place all season. But if I were to make them today, after what I saw this weekend, I would move gorillas in Toronto both above London. Like if I were to make it today, that is the only change I would make. I would put and I might move Florida above Minnesota, but I, again, I think I think Minnesota has a little bit too much talent. Like Minnesota's current roster is really good even though they kind of they kind of blow everything up. But Minnesota's roster is still Really freaking good. (laughs) Like who's. Minnesota's roster is still. Oh, they they have accuracy and attach. New York dropped accuracy and attach. Accuracy attached, major maniac and priest. That team is too good. That team is too good to do anything about. Who's who's New York? I, I messed something up there. Oh, that's right. They have they have uh, a seam Clayster DiamondCon and Mac is uh, is their starting four. Like that's still like Clayster and Mac Clayster Mac and a seam alone. I know DiamondCon is is just coming up from challengers to uh, replace the retired uh, Zuma because of his because of his hands. Which side note pro players for the love of God heck streamers. Pro players, streamers, whatever, for the love of God, take care of your hands. Those things are your money makers. Like, he's still going to be able to stream and everything, but he, he can't play. And he's probably going to make perfectly fine money streaming. But that's the thing. Minnesota's team is still just way too talented. Accuracy attached, Major Maniac, and Priesthood. That's that's disgusting. That is that is gross. Like, they're they're still too good. They're still way too good for me to to really truly drop them below Florida, even though Florida got the win over Atlanta this weekend. Like I think I think uh, part of that, and it's it's gonna be a storyline all season. Like part of that is gonna be the uh, like we're doing this for Pharaoh, like F F three ear the deep rather than just fear the deep, like F three A R. Like that's the the Pharaoh thing is is going to be a storyline all season, and it's a shame that it is because obviously I would much prefer that he was still here and still playing for the Florida Mutineers, but it it's going to be a storyline and it it's going to be a motivator for the Florida Mutineers if nothing else. Like I think they will still have a very good season. I'm not ready to put them above Minnesota in my power rankings just yet. Same thing with LA Thieves. I still think LA Thieves are going to be very good. It's just... They had to... Uh, they, had to against, they, they had to go up against... They had to go up against... They had to go against Chicago. <laughs> what are you going to do against them? Like, they're, they're still one of the best teams... In the league, and that is going to continue for the entire season. Like, Optic Chicago is one of the best teams in the league. I think. Did I pick them to be I picked them to be runner-up to Atlanta? Like, and there's no shame in that, because if you're runner-up to Atlanta, that means you probably had to beat Dallas to get there. So, unless Atlanta beat Dallas to No, with with the playoff format, they would have had to. If Atlanta goes like undefeated and runs the table, like Chicago would have to beat Dallas just because of the way Call of Duty League's playoffs are formatted. So yeah, they would like if they're runner up to Atlanta, they would have had to have beat Dallas to even be in the position to lose to Atlanta. So it was uh it, it was an interesting first weekend. It's hard to judge because these were just glorified scrims like they weren't they weren't real games. There was it's not like the LCS lock in where there's money on the line. There was nothing on the line. These were just glorified sc- scrims. To and a lot of it was to uh, get some technical kinks worked out with the broadcast because the broadcast it had more than a few issues. Lottie was trying to uh, Lottie was trying to interview Crimsix after after a game and it just failed miserably. Like. Uh, who was it it was uh, it was Chance's mic was just dying Chance's mic was constantly cutting out he was having major audio issues he fought through them but he was having serious audio issues like th- those were the those were the two big ones like Lottie and Chance had the worst audio problems it seemed like Mr. X and Nameless Mr. X Nameless and Miles were all okay and I was very happy to see Mr. X on the Cod League broadcast i think he's very good he deserves more screen time him and Uber still my favorite casting duo in all of eSports. I don't care what anyone says. Merck and Maven are up there, but Uber gets the uh, Uber gets the bonus of being Australian and being really funny. like I love maven. Maven's great, but Uber's still my number one guy. <laughs> Just he, he gets the Australian bump by having a really really cool accent. And poor Maven, they showed that video of him dumping, dumping that really nasty, like, knockoff maple syrup on himself at the end of last season and saying it tastes like scroll pee. Like, they were, they were, they, they played, they milked the heck out of that clip because it was part of, it was part of the highlight reel of last season. Like, that clip will live forever in eSports is just like one of the most ridiculous things to ever happen. It's like, oh, the most prominent play-by-play commentator in all of Call of Duty got a prediction wrong. So he dumped maple syrup on himself. He said he would dump maple syrup on himself, but he didn't have any. So he just got this really nasty organic syrup that his wife eats. And it was it tasted absolutely awful. And he said it, and I quote, it tastes like squirrel pee. <laughs> And Merc had the best response. How do you know what Squirrel pee tastes like? I- iconic. Hopefully they don't milk that clip too much because I saw it a lot this weekend and I don't want to keep seeing it all year. Like, I want to, I want to see B-roll of stuff that happens this season because with, with Maven and Merc, you're going to get ridiculous stuff. Like, I want ridiculous stuff from the casters this season too because they have like now that they've trimmed some of the fat <clears throat> momo momo was one a terrible person and he wasn't a very good caster but now that they've trimmed some of the fat and uh, nameless has been moved to the desk like i think uh, i think we're going to get some really solid commentary from from the cod league uh, commentators this year i hope uber and mr x get to do uh, get to do a couple of t- call of duty games cuz Overwatch League is, is on the rocks, so I hope uh, I hope Uber gets to do some some cod league stuff because again he's awesome. Like him and him and Mister X, I, I hope they get to do a couple cod league games because I think they'll be really good at it. But overall, I think uh, I think my finals predictions still stand. I'm not too happy with my uh, standings predictions right now <laughs> because I severely underestimated Gorillas and Toronto and I overestimate I think I overestimated London a little bit but uh we shall see I'm I'm definitely more confident in uh in that Seattle prediction of them being near the bottom because I do not trust Aquilini group to successfully run a team at all and that roster comp I think there's a lot of ego there and that's going to be that's going to be really tough to deal with but that's what I've got for the Call of Duty League and all I've got for the show. Hope you all enjoyed. If, uh, if you do like the show, come hang out with me on Twitch. It's, uh, I am, I am on a quest to actually get good at Call of Duty. My, uh, my occasional stream partner and more consistent co-host, John, is going to, uh, is going to try to train me to get better at Call of Duty, and he ain't holding back. So uh that'll be worth some schadenfreude to laughs, if nothing else, of him just screaming at me, which I, I asked him to do. Don't don't get it twisted. I was like, no, don't hold back. Like, act like a coach for all I care. I want to get better. Like, don't get it twisted. I, I asked him to do that. <laughs> like, I, I have the Facebook message where I co- okayed him to do that. So don't worry there. He's not being a jerk. I asked him to do that, but come by, hang out on the stream, watch me uh, attempt to get good at Call of Duty. I, I may attempt to stream League off my laptop sometime soon. See how that goes. I may give Valorant another go and just mess with the settings to uh, see if my laptop doesn't hate me, because I've I've seen other streamers streaming League and Valorant off laptops with without too much of an issue if they drop their settings. So, I'll see how that goes. Because I want to I wanna expand my horizons beyond COD. Like, I want to actually stream League and Valorant. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. But uh, Twitch link will be in the description, as well as a join link for the Discord server and my Twitter. But that's what I got for the show. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And I will talk to you on Friday. See you then. above the ice and snow High in the sky where the cold wind blows Wings beat down as the feedback falls Fleming hot fire up a frozen bones Good unites against people they oppose They ride or die as the legends grow We must go to size feeling our heroes There are no silence in this combat zone. Beats mid-air, yeah, it's a chiller Life and death, yeah, it's a killer They go round and round as the beat down pounds Aerial thrills, yeah, it's a thriller The sky's filled with drama and all of this drama Pretending and impending and